illustrious King Julian, self-proclaimed Lord of the Lemurs, etc., etc. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of King Julian Podcast. I am your host, Julian Owens, as always. And you're wondering, well, what happened to the last episode? Well, I mean, if you weren't living under a rock, you knew what, what what's happened, which we'll get into in just a moment. But yes, we're back online. And now, without further ado, I will have my guest who I now is, I think this is your third time. Yes, this is your third time. Most, I guess, has ever been on so far in the history of the King Julian Podcast. Derek Lewis. Derek, how are you doing today, man? I am the greatest guest in the history of the podcast, and I am back to share my regal knowledge with you and your folks. It is an honor to have me in your system a third time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, you know what it is, man. I always love uh, chopping it up with you, and uh, you know I love the podcast format because it's a uh, it's very freeing, and we get to we get to chop it up and talk about things that I might not normally get to talk about. You know, on on my podcast. <laughs> uh, Plus, plus, plus. <laughs> uh, we can take uh, no, uh, but uh, always glad to be uh, back uh, with you, man, and I uh, appreciate you having me on a, on a third time, especially because I know my first two times were terrible, so I don't know why you keep t- bringing me back here to bore your friends and uh, listeners. So, you're uh, fine, Derek. Absolutely, you're fine. There's a reason why you're the third time coming on here. Like you, you, we have engaging conversations and. Actually, we, we, this is one of your, both of your episodes have been the most engaging conversations I've had with people for a long time. So, yes, you might say that we had some rough times, but nevertheless, I love our episodes. And that's why you're still on. So, thank you again, Derek. Every time. I should have done the, the Booker T bit. I should have been like, three times, three times, three times. <laughs> WWE, yes. All right. But anyway, before we go on a WWE tangent and all the tangents in the world, like we could do, um, I guess where we're going to start with, because we're going to have a very interesting conversation, I feel like, about capitalism, and we're going to get into that a little bit more. But before we get into that, I think we have to start by prefacing the situation that happened last week in Texas. Now, as everybody must have known by now, Texas was into a winter storm warning. Now, for most of us in Texas, we took it as, oh, okay, we're going to have some snow, maybe it's going to freeze over a little bit, but nothing too bad. We didn't expect it to be almost as bad as a hurricane living through like the Gulf and hitting like the southern cities in southeast Texas or southern cities in Texas. Um, before I can go and explain the catastrophic damage, I think it would be easier to explain like some of the things that affected both of us, you know. And for instance, so before I go into my spiel and how it affected me for a little bit, Derek, in terms of I think it was what five or six days we were no five days it was five days when we were dealing with this winter storm and the surge that came with it um in terms of either damage i wouldn't say catastrophe because obviously we're still here talking on a podcast um how 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 did you navigate through everything that's happened this last week and did you have power outages did you did you have any rolling blackouts did were you did your pipes freeze or anything like that for you yeah, in terms of just what happened to the physical home that we stay in, because uh, for those of y'all, I don't know, I don't think we've ever had to talk about this. So um, I stay with one of my basketball uh, teammates from high school. Um, he bought a house 
a three-room house. So me and my my previous roommate from a different apartment came to live here because our other roommate dipped out because he got married. So, you know, couldn't live with us anymore because he had a wife. So we came here to this house. um, And luckily for us, even though the house, you know, it's not a bad house, but it's, it's, it's on the older side now. It's getting, it's getting up there in terms of, it's not like a newish newer home, but, uh, it held up pretty good. The pipes, nothing went wrong with the pipes. We had everything, you know, drip, drip for the, for the whole time. And that, I guess, did the job for us. I know, unfortunately, that's not the case for everybody. Some people drip their pipes and they still froze. So, like, you know, you hear some weird horror stories out there. And, you know, we didn't really deal with a lot of that um, on, I want to say, was it Wednesday? We had, uh, we had 12 hours without power from 5 a.m. to, I think, well, not to, not, I think, from 5 a.m. to 5 p.m., we were without power, which for me specifically didn't affect me that much considering that I, I had nothing to do that day. Um, but for my roommates, it was obviously a big burden because they work from home, um, you know, through the week. And so they couldn't, they literally couldn't do their jobs um, because they were without power. So we ended up playing a board game. Um, the only other thing that affected us outside of that 12 hours was that uh the water because i guess it could be filled i'm not sure what's going on to this day i have no clue why saw said we had to boil our water but i know they said we had to and so we were without you know working water drinkable water uh for uh till really today is when they really said you could you could just go without boiling it again and so we boiled some water um on like thursday and that was enough to get us through the the weekend and whatnot um and then the only thing else that affected me was that i just I had to make the decision if I wanted to go to work as, as scheduled or, you know, at any point, because HEB has been very flexible um, with its employees, like, Hey, we need your help, but we also don't want you to get into trouble or, or, you know, die or skid off the road. So if you don't want to come in, you don't feel safe coming in, don't come in. But if you can't come in here, are the hours of work, we need the help. Um, and so, you know, it puts you in a weird position as a, as a retail worker, because you're like, especially you know what's going on you know HEB's kind of been the life force of keeping everybody fed and safe and and getting them the essentials throughout this process and so you want to help and they're giving you the opportunity to help in that way and of course it's it's technically your job to to help but at the same time you have to protect yourself and like you're not sure if your car you like you don't want to like to just put it bluntly you don't want to be on the side of the road because you're trying to go to HEB so someone else could could get some stuff that may or may not be essential. Now, some people needed it, some people didn't. And so like, and you know, everyone's coming whether they need it or not. And so it puts you in this very weird position to do the mental calculus of, is it worth me a getting the paycheck because some people need the paycheck. I was fortunate enough that I could at least have the decision on my plate that I could take that week off and, and not, um, not be struggling to the max. It, it obviously puts a dent in you because no one's prepared to just miss whatever. a week of work that you don't get paid for. Um, but, you know, I, I at least lucky enough, I could make that decision. And then after that, like you make the the impact, the empathetic decision of, hey, do I need to go help this company out that's helping others? Do I need to go help this company out that because pe- people need us? And when you don't make that decision, which is what I did, and I didn't go to work last week, it's like it kind of does mess with you a little mentally as well. Um, so <laughs> there's really no way to get out of this unscathed. Um, yes. 
either you you know you go and you help or you know you brisk it or it's it's just a it's a weird it was a weird week um and then i i talked about this with julian off air and then i end up getting into a uh, a bit of a car accident that you know i'm fine but the car's busted up so now technically i do now need that money that i left on the table last week but i didn't know that until this week and now it's kind of it's kind of too late because they cut the hours because they didn't we did curbside didn't make any money last week and so they're cutting hours of course and so i'll be able to navigate through it i'll be fine but at the same time it's just like it all seems to like snowball into each other over these last two weeks and it's been it's been rough uh not unbearable like it has been for some some were without power for you know five straight days six straight days um some had to figure out how they were going to get washed up before they were forced to go into work um even though they didn't have running water i had i had a friend i didn't see the i didn't see the stats in time but she literally was asking people who would let her shower uh because she needed to go to work um and i saw that post a day late but she, she ended up actually getting water right back on before she had to go to work so she got lucky but i know people who obviously didn't get lucky and and have be, had just newborns who were just born i know two couples that way and are having to figure out how to keep their family safe and, and had to split apart some of them because some of them had to take care of, of pets nice. while the others went off to to go get warm with other family members and so it's, it was a mess um and luckily i was on the the least of it i got probably the least of it that you probably could um but for others they they weren't so lucky and and they're actually going to continue to get kind of get you know the short in the stick uh, as we might talk about here in, in a little bit but that's what happened with me and what kind of brought this topic to my mind a little bit um, as we were discussing, Hey, what are you going to do for this third episode? Because, you know, we could come on, I could talk about like the Ninja Turtles or, you know, wrestling, but no, we don't do that here. Not when Derek's around, we talk about highfalutin things like capitalism. And I appreciate that a lot. Speaking of capitalism and we're going to talk, like I said, we're going to do a more deep dive on it, but to start off, like I was telling Derek off air, I'm pretty blessed to say that we didn't have any issues coming in. We have a condo that's right off of the airport in Austin. Um, so I think blessed and lucky is the two words I would use is because, you know, we're, I believe, on the same power grid as the airport, which was considered essential. So I didn't lose any power. Maybe at the most was five minutes. And it was overnight when it first started snoring down on Sunday. We had some friends who lived, if most people know, on Riverside. And everybody who lives on Riverside knows it was completely out. It was out. So they came and stayed with us on Monday when it was warm enough. And I mean, warm enough for their Jeep to be able to navigate the roads because they have snow terrain tires. So it was very easy for them to navigate, but took them an hour and a half to get to the house, right? So had them for Monday through Friday. And again, blessed to not have any power issues. The only thing that we had to do was boil water, which which, to your point, we filled our tub up on Monday? Monday, yeah, we no, 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 not Monday, Sunday. We prepared, five stood from HEB on Friday, build up, um, the not build up, filled up the tub on uh, Sunday, just prepared before the snow hit. And so we basically had water, working water for about four or five days until, you know, they said, hey, you know, boiling water until today which is tuesday uh the 23rd so we were same with you we were under a boiling water notice for a while so we just kept using that tub water which i didn't think i thought we were going to use up all that very quickly but besides the point with five people five people and three dogs yeah three dogs it was a lot they brought their dogs yes so it was a it was a it was a it was a very packed house 
I'm going to definitely say that. It was a packed house this past week. It's quite the experience. <laughs> yes, it was. And so with that being in mind, like out of five of us, well, no, it was four, my bad, four people and three dogs. So out of the four of us, I was the only one who has worked from home. Uh, two of them work in retail. The other is a teacher. She basically was off for the rest of the week. Basically, Austin ISD say, yeah, don't, don't even think about coming to work. Whereas all of the other people who work at Target and PetSmart, they basically had to use, like you did, they had to use PTO, actually, to basically navigate and be able to, like, say, hey, I know I can't work. And even though they were close, which, again, we're going to get into this later because I'm, I'm, we're going to talk about how annoying this is and how capitalism works. They had to use that PTO time off for navigating what was going on through the winter storm not gonna we're, we're gonna get into that in a moment but that that boggles my mind whereas with me and my job which i'm blessed to say with my job we all worked from home and while we were working from home you know there were out of the six people that were no no 12 out of the 12 people that were in our daily department only five five and six rolling because of the rolling blackouts in austin were able to stay on and help which Last week, I will say out of my six months there, which neither here or there, was some of the most extraneous times that we've had. Like I've never had to, I never had so much work that I didn't have from the six, from that couple of days because of what was going on with the rolling blackouts and just people not having power. And it got so bad to a point where when everything settled down on Friday, one of my coworkers pipes burst and had three bubbles pop in his apartment while he was middle of working. Thank goodness that, you know, None of his equipment got on, like got burnt up. None of his TV or any of his personal stuff burnt. But it was just like, wow, like he had to deal with that. And then our friends, as I told Derek off air, our friends, they're in building, like a building right beside him. And then apartment right beside them, they just found out on Monday, pipes burst, flooded the apartment, flooded the apartment. And, you know, as you said, I don't think any of us left unscathed from this situation. And... You know, yes, I had power, I had working heat, I was blessed to have that, but like seeing my family members who lives in Beaumont, seeing my people here, just dealing with the effects of the snowstorm that none of us were prepared for, and we'll get into that in a moment, and just navigating how that worked and how the 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 issues that we are running into with capitalism and Texas power grid system, like energy system in general, which is again idiotic to me, it just showed the bare bones of how we need to fix some things. Which again, we're we're going to preface that in a moment. But to that point, I I'm blessed to not have as many issues as everybody else, but it's still annoying, and it's kind of upsetting for me that a lot of people around me had these issues. You know. And so yeah yeah, yeah it, it's rough and like even you like you, you know people got to, had to use pto which is unfortunate you know some people like me had to just not get paid for a week but even you someone who you know you work from home people are like oh you had it easy you work from home anyway you can still go to work and be fine you're having to work through a stressful stressful time and even if it's like my roommate uh the owner of this house he had as little, I guess, as you could, as could possibly pretty much happen, happen. Um, you're still work. They're still requiring you to do a stressful job during a stressful situation. Yes. When preferably we would just all kind of shut it down since everything is not operating as normal. Um, but, you know, either because things that you 
provide are essential i need to remain going or because of capitalism not wanting to get rid of get get off of that almighty dollar you kind of have to keep (laughs) stressing yourself through a stressful situation and i just it doesn't feel like other countries do it like this and like that doesn't mean that they don't have capitalism in other countries but like they don't have like i've I've taken a kind of saying american capitalism because american capitalism is different than other capitalism we're like like I, I saw a Facebook post that's like we're like the only country in the world still doing healthcare the way that we're doing. Other uh, thirty three of the other thirty four major countries in the world have figured out healthcare, and we're like the only one who haven't because of capitalism. And so it's like American capitalism is ridiculous. It's just it doesn't function the way it needs to function to run a society. It functions the way it functions if you want everyone to be individuals all, all into themselves and do nothing to help each other. So, and I couldn't agree with that more. And with that being in mind, and I feel like Texas has showed its ass this last week. And what I mean by that is exactly what Derek is suggesting, and how I believe, how I feel, one hundred and ten percent. Texas has its own power system from ERCOT, uh, Austin from Energy. I, there's so many different other things we can get into, but we're not going to get into all the companies' names that for should be hold account, held accountable for what the bullshit that happened. But back to the point. Um, I didn't realize until what, last week, that we had our own power grid system. You know, we have Western and Intercontinental um, power grid systems, and then we have our own. Why do we have our own? Because, of course, Texas has one of the most producing oil foundries in the entire plant, I mean, in the entire country, if not the world, and we have and literally in my town, Beaumont, which was considered one of the biggest oil booms in the early 1900s, still relies on that shit. We still rely on coal. We still rely on like non-renewable resources to power our systems, whereas most people who try to say that it was all about wind turbines, but they have up-to-date, more accessible usage of power grids for people to be able to. Now, again, it's not a perfect world course not but it's enough to be able to handle things that what happened this past week right and you literally had to tell us reporters had to let us know that ERCOT was what minutes away from a total blackout for the state of texas and it's like how from a winter storm like all these other states in the entire us of a have things that could help with set fail safe like this why why aren't we oh because we privatized this shit we we privatized the way to handle our progress systems. And when somebody has came up and asked you, hey, you know, your guys' system isn't uh, protected enough or safe enough to handle severe weather when it's cold. Oh, we can deal with maybe, you know, hurricanes. We can deal with wind and stuff. But oh, winter, Texas doesn't get that cold. We're fine. And Lord and behold, we get one of the coldest winters we've, coldest winter storms we've ever had in decades. And the whole system almost crumbles. It, it just, it's unfathomable. And that's the best way I can explain it. Um, yeah. yeah. If, a natural disaster or any kind of disaster or any kind of state of emergency, it really shows the either overwhelming or lack of preparedness that your local, state, and national government, you know, depending on the situation, have and the infrastructure in place and in this country we do not invest in infrastructure we invest in military we invest in you know in in uh in business uh in 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 
individual business, but we don't invest in infrastructure as much as we need to do. And we don't invest in education, which would have us understand that we're not investing in infrastructure as much as we need to do uh, because we want to put money in elsewhere because apparently we're the police of the world and we want to, and we want to, you know, wave a big stick and all that stuff. And, And so we don't invest in ourselves as Americans as United States citizens. And of course, that's not us making that decision. That's governance making that decision. And so when you say that, you know, the utilities that were privatized were privatized and what that means, what people need to understand about capitalism is that the capitalism is some evil overarching figure that can't be tamed or is untamable and that capitalism is inherently evil. Capitalism is inherently human, like any system. People... You need to stop thinking these systems are the things that make people good. These systems are in place and people run them and either bad people or selfish people run them into the ground or they don't. But capitalism incentivizes selfishness, especially on a corporate level, because a corporation is not set up to care about the human. It's cared about. It's set up to care about the bottom line. And so when you privatize utilities, you get like what you have in Texas happen, which is that they didn't winterize their equipment because they didn't feel like they need to. And that costs money. And so why would you pay money to do something that you don't think you need to do? Well, you'd only do that if you care about the humans that are affected if something were to go wrong. Um, and so that's what, we, that's what we got here. We got a system in place that wasn't set up to help the people that are going to be affected if things go crazy. And what's hilarious from a, like, it's so sad, I'll cry if I don't laugh standpoint, is that you know, ERCOT comes out and they say, hey, if not for the skill of our of our people, we would have had a blackout, a blackout for three months, for months. For, 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 for months. It just would have been down for months. And I'm like, what? I'm like, well, for your individual employees who saved the day, cool. But from a business standpoint and from a like, you're the ones who have control of of our energy and should be ahead of this kind of stuff. You understand how that's worse, right? Like I, I, I put a gift from a from. Uh, the good places you know, for uh, Chidi is like, that's worse. You understand that, right? You understand why that's worse. And like, they didn't seem to understand that they're not the heroes. They're kind of the, the, if this were a movie, they would definitely be the evil corporation who at the end we overthrow and then put in place something better, better. Because, <laughs> because they've been <laughs> neglecting us for, for, for years. And so it's, it, it's crazy. And then on top of that, our government, our our state government, didn't even have the sense to not try to politicize this matter and to be like, "Hey, this is a failure of leadership." Not even go that far because obviously that's not going to look good on a poster. But just say, "Hey, even if you want to scapegoat ERCOT, just be like, hey, yeah, this failed us. We should have. We didn't think this business was going to do this to us in this way and cut these corners. Even if you're going to throw them under the bus, but no, they're trying to throw." They're trying to throw the Green New Green Deal under the bus, which bus. is not a piece of legislation that has a single freaking vote in Congress. I had to work very hard not to cuss there. There's not a single vote in Congress on the Green New Deal. That is not an active piece of legislation whatsoever. Um, they try to blame uh, wind and solar, which, you know, obviously they also went down because that equipment was also not was also not winterized. But they make up like 10% of our power grid. And so that's it was, it's like they're trying to do these weird, wacky, conservative Republican Party, great GOP, you know, great, uh, great Opry Party. Well, I don't know what that whatever GOP stands for, whatever it kind of stands for. They're trying to do their normal GOP stick. And I'm just like, why not help the people, your constituents instead of doing this stick? Like that's 
that's, uh, you know, we have so many problems in the United States, but one of them is our undying love of capitalism in the and, way that it's always been. And the other is the government deciding that they're going to not help. Like Texas's rugged individualism is literally killing. It's, it's literally crippling itself at, at, the, at, the, at the seams right now because of what's going on. The fact that they even felt the need to have their own power grid, which means that no one can help in the state of emergency because you know El Paso, who's on a different grid, was fine this whole time. And lo and behold, because they're not on that power grid. And so you, 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 you can't have a more stark situation to show the folly of what we're doing right now by privatizing public utilities they should not be privatized they it's just not how it should work and by this undying love for capitalism in the current political system like and again i don't want to make this a, a, a whole capitalism is evil rant because that's not how i feel about it i just feel like we are in a country where we incentivize selfishness and humans as i always say are inherently selfish creatures because that's how you survive. And so if you give someone the choice to be selfish, that's normally the nine times out of 10, that is what they're going to choose. Um, because especially it, and especially when the situation doesn't seem like it's dire, which pre this, it didn't, it didn't. No. but that's why you need to have people in place who will think ahead and think about the situations and outcomes that could possibly, uh, could possibly occur. Like, you know, in San Antonio, it's, it's frozen before. You know you need ice. I mean salt in case it freezes. Like yeah, you know you're not you can't anticipate seven inches of snow because it's never happened or it hasn't happened in thirty five years 35. or whatever. Yeah. But you know you need ice. Excuse me, I keep doing that. You know you need salt in the city because you know it's frozen before and you know people aren't used to it, so they need as clear a road as possible to drive on to keep things functioning. So why you don't have the ability to salt your roads in time if in a case of emergency like this, when you know things like this could happen. Is, is beyond me like the lack of preparedness from every lo level of government is is stark and it's it, it's got to change we can't keep doing things like this in this way and say hey it only happens every 35 years happen every so often you know because that's what we had with covid people said the same thing it's like well you couldn't predict it and so you know and it's like no you can't predict it that's why you elect these officials to predict these exact things but you know that's another, that's another part of the capitalism <laughs> bubble, man. Everything, money's infected politics as well. And so that's not what they're worried about. They're worried about the almighty dollar. And that's, and I was going to say, that's my biggest issue that I've had with this entire thing, right? And to your point, I feel like we got to even go back to COVID a year, like, a year ago. And it's sad to say that the day of my birthday is going to be the anniversary when Austin hits, hey, stay at home orders, right? And we've been in quarantine for that long, right? But Besides the point, you, I feel like Texas government, like the, the state government should have realized what happened with COVID could not happen with COVID was the, 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 the red herring. It was the premonition, the omen that you needed to see, right? And I feel like we should have saw that from happening. But as we saw with the government trying to lie and say that, oh, we never had any preparation for COVID. We didn't know about any pandemics happening, even though they have left you a whole preparedness, even though they could have been, even though people are still arguing about if it was actually going to be a good preparation uh, protocol or not, which neither here or there. But at the same time, in my personal opinion, you could have had somewhat of preparedness for this. Nobody was prepared for it. Nobody had any resources to get ready for COVID. None of that, right? Again, back in 2013 or a couple of years ago, I don't remember. I think it was 2012, 2011, or 2013. One of the two. 
it came up in legislature for the state saying, hey, your equipment isn't winterized. Like it's not ready to hit a very bad winter storm, which again, with climate change, which is a whole different conversation, this seems like this could be a problem. You need to fix it. And what did our legislature do? We don't need it. It's not a problem for us. And what happens? We have this issue. And again, what I would have wanted Governor Abbott to do, what I wanted any of the Republicans that is in office with Texas to do is just point the finger or accountability is the word that I wanted to say so much last week. Accountability should be the thing that we should have had at the state, in the state level, local level, county level, like all the way down to the middleman. I mean, to the bottom line should have been accountability, right? Yeah, Erica tried to say, yeah, we're the heroes in this. You're really not. You've been told multiple times by other people who are non-biased parties, your equipment isn't suited for this. And you decided because you, like you said, you're cutting money as any other capitalist person. Hey, I'm, I, don't, I don't think I need that. We haven't had that. I'm just going to roll the dice. He's been working so long. Why, why change it? And what happens? You, this happens, right? And the thing is, is to your point, now we're sitting here being price gouged, right? For some people, not all of us, but some people are getting price gouged for having their utilities turned on. I haven't seen that on my bill yet, but I swear I'm coming to somebody if that happens to me, you know? And it's, it's like you telling people that they got to pay $6,000 for electricity because their lights were on or their lights kept rolling, rolling blackouts because of your system not working. And it's just like, I, I, it, it, it irks my nerves to see that. Like um, my best friend who lives like in Dallas or out of skirts of Dallas has to pay $6,000 electric bill just because his lights kept rolling. Like two hours on, three hours off, two hours on, three hours off. And it kept doing it. And then they told him like for those two hours he had on, he had his heat on and everything like that. And he has to pay six grand out of his pocket. Who's going to have that kind of money? And to your point, I don't think capitalism is the root of all evil. It's, it basically exploits, or I think it yeah exploits people's desires. And I think that's what we have to hook on here. I feel like at least with Ericot, I feel like with our GOP legislation, I'm GOP and the Republicans hold on Texas at this point, it shows its ass. Like it's at a point now where nobody wants to hold themselves accountable. One wants to go, you know what? I'm gonna blame my daughter for going to Cancun. Like it's it's I decided to go take my kids to family on Cancun because I just couldn't sit in my house for two days with the coat. I, I just couldn't be there in Houston. And then decides to come back for a day and then think it's a cute PR move to go feed the firefighters and police responders and on Saturday. Okay, cool. What about the water for all the other millions of people who hasn't got water yet? Like, what about that? Or, you know, one of my biggest things also is the fact that I, I'm, I, I can't be mad at him, but I will call him out on it, is that Biden just now is sending FEMA out, right? And he's just coming tomorrow, like, I believe it's tomorrow, which is, no, tomorrow, Wednesday of the 24th. He will be coming to Houston to go take care of the damages. Why weren't you here Monday? You know, it's just, I, I, I feel like accountability on top of, you know, what you're saying, Derek, is one of my biggest words that I wanted to say and emphasize here because it's just no accountability here and we're just repeating COVID all over again. And I, 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 it irks my nerves that that's the case. And at this point now, we don't, it's sad that like I was telling uh, one of my friends, 
my job is holding themselves more accountable than the damn ERCOT and our own government, right? So just full transparency, our, my company is like, hey, if you ever had to deal with rolling blackouts, if you had to deal with, you know, having to pay out your pocket or anything like that, we will help you get money out. Like, we'll help you compensate that. We'll give you X, Y, and Z for that, right? And then today they tell us, hey, because of all the things that you guys did for a week, you get two days. You could take two days. It's not going to count against your PTO. Just take two days. Go relax. Just go and do what you need to do to get like some rest and relaxation. How is my company who barely, not barely, not going to say that word, who basically is not making the money that or like accountable as, as any of the other big corporations that powers may be, have more accountability than them. And it just, it, it, it blows my mind. And like you said, I feel like Capitalism could be a necessary evil, whatever. But I think the biggest thing that I think you and I can agree on is it needs regulation, right? Yeah, and that's, I, the, that's the word of the day, is and, regulation. And I feel like ERCOT doesn't have any regulation because it's able to do what it wants. Again, like how I feel about the school system, uh, prison pipelines, how I feel about a whole bunch of other things, including even as much as I love Disney, you know, all of them. Like, regulation is the word of the day. And until that happens, I think systems like this is going to continue to crash. If we didn't learn it from 2020 with how we weren't prepared for a pandemic, a global pandemic, what happened to Texas is, again, a red herring sign to say, all right, you know what? We need to start regulating things and go from there. But our GOP is just saying, we're going to look into it. We're going to ask the questions, see what was the issue, and go from there. What, what is that going to do? You're, you're just telling, asking them questions like you're doing with Facebook. Like, I need more than that. And we need, to, we need to be in the business. And the reason accountability is so important is that if we, if we let this become a purely political football where the GOP blames wind and solar energy, then that's what's going to be the culprit, right? Even right or wrong, that'll be what they fix, quote unquote. And so if they don't fix the right thing, if something goes wrong again, the same situation is going to happen again because we didn't fix the right thing, which is why it's important to elect officials that hold themselves accountable or hold the systems that they put in place accountable if they don't mess up. And that's why you have regulations to make sure that people will hold themselves accountable correctly. Other than that, you're depending on the goodness of, like you say with your example, with your company, you're depending on each individual company to do things out of the goodness of their heart, not because it is the right thing to do. Um, and so that's what regulations help with. And people are always mad about regulations because they restrict or they, it's like, that's what regulations are for. Because, and it's like, you, you, people who rail against regulations are, are generally people who have not lived a life that has been hampered in any way by any kind of ism. Because yeah. if you've lived under any kind of phobia or ism, you know that regulations are literally the only thing making people do right by you. Um, <laughs> because... You know, we, we, people want to act like we've never been unregulated in this country. And it's like this country started almost completely unregulated, unregulated. besides the besides the things that white people wanted to do, um, uh, wanted to already regulate. But like, you know, technically black people were always free in the country, but they couldn't make people see that. And so they had to put a regulation in. Then they had to put another regulation in. And then they had to put another regulation in and they had to keep doing that until the people finally were like, okay, I guess we'll, we'll just do it. We'll just do what you say. And so even the regulations don't always work sometimes because people are just going to do what they want to do if they have the capitalist power to get it done. And that's, again, that's why I think capitalism is, is 
so such an infection right now in the United States because right now it pretty much boils down to if you have the money, you'll do whatever you want. And we have to put an end to that kind of thinking. Like if, if I can just buy myself out of this situation or we have so many, so much money that we've become too big to fail or we, we are so intertwined in people's lives that we're basically this monopoly on it to ourselves and can't be regulated by the government because that's basically what happened here is the government was like, ah, we don't need it. And so we're not going to do it. And that's because they knew that there are no real consequences if they mess up. That's just bottom line. The GOP in Texas knows if they mess up, they'll just blame it on something stupid and enough people will buy it and they'll stay in power. And so until there are consequences for your actions, accountability, regulations, you know, real stripping of power, if you mess up, that all falls under this capitalism bubble of, of this monster that we've created that has not been tamed since we started this country. And it's, it's the chickens are coming home to roost almost annually now. Almost annually something happens that just knocks out a huge portion of the population for whatever reason. And it's because we are not prepared and we're not holding these people to task and we're not kicking them out of office when they do stupid things like this. Like Ted Cruz should never be elected to public office again. Like, that's again. just it. Like, that's just the bottom line. You can't, and it's funny because I saw people defending him like, well, he has the right to get safe too. It's like, absolutely stay safe, but you're an elected official. So you're hold to a higher standard. I and my roommates, if we want to go to Cancun to escape this mess, we have that luxury because we're not accountable to anybody on on an elected level. You signed up for this job to be accountable to the constituents when things go wrong. Things are going wrong. You, yeah, absolutely sit absolutely send your family away sure they didn't sign up to 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 do this if you want to send your family away that's fine and so he tries to pretend like that's what he was doing but we we know that we know that's not true we know that's not true and so if you want to do that of course but you the elected official who signed up to be here for your constituents in the state of emergency in one of the worst emergencies that well i don't want to even say that because it's been proven over time that these emergencies are just going to keep piling up during our lifetime. But to date, the most, the most recent worst emergency in the history of our lifetime, <laughs> you have to be here for that. That's your job. And it's, it's just, there's no structure to hold things accountable. And that's not to say that if, for instance, we were a socialist country, that then things would be magically fixed. That's not how it works. If you, whatever system you have in place you're going to have to put the necessary regulations to hold people accountable when things go wrong and to forecast if things could go wrong. So this isn't a whole, Hey, well, socialism is automatically better. I think we fall into that trap too. And we get, then we, it becomes an argument of capitalism versus socialism. socialism, And I I don't want that argument per se. There are aspects of socialism that I think we can implement in America that are great. And then there are parts of capitalism that work in every country that has the necessary regulations to make sure that things don't go haywire and things don't go, you know, where the 1% has a 99% of the wealth. There are things in place that keep that from happening in other countries, but it it starts with having an honest look at what's wrong and what's not wrong in this country. And we never do that because we get back down in, well, uh, you're trying to bring communism to America. And it's like, we're not, it's like, we're not even in the, in the right conversation. We're not in the same realm to have, right. We're not in the realm to have that conversation. And, and one of the things, like you said, I feel like with our, our constituents, or no, not even our constituents, our elected officials, it's more of, and I feel like all around the phrase is read the room. It's, it's, it's been very eye-opening to see that. And like I said, I've, I've, 
I've been thinking Ted Cruz has been an idiot since forever, but he became more of an, I call him more of an idiot with Trump and being his puppet tool for a while. And then now like with this, it's just like, how many more times is this man going to show us that he does not move for us, that he does not care about his constituents. Right. And one of my things is like, to your point, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm at a point now where, like you said, every year I'm like, okay, what catastrophe will happen next, right? Like starting with 2020, we had COVID. This year for Texas, it's this roll, the winter storm. Next year, I'm like, okay, what's going to be next? At this point, like you said, I I am now anticipating there's some kind of life life moment happening, right? And I was re- reading on was it Twitter? Yeah, I was on Twitter and there was a GIF and it's like you know, millennials for the 13th time being in like once in a lifetime event. And I'm like, yeah, I'm 20. Sorry, I'm throwing my age out there. I'm 20, about to be 27. And I've been through almost 20 to 25 life-changing events in my life. How is this possible? Like, why am I going through that many life-changing events? Because of our infrastructure does not give a shit. And we can go all the way down to 2005 with Hurricane Katrina and how George Bush administration did not do anything for the people of New Orleans. We can go all the way back to the House, the 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 entire um, recession of 2008-2009 about the boiling bubble that was their homes. We could talk about still, in my personal opinion, the bubble that's going to come up very soon, which is student loan debt. But you know, we have a president who don't want to touch that. But either here or there, we're going to get there when we get there. But we have so many, and I feel like you're saying, like you said, Derek. I feel like we have so many bubbles now. It's like, okay, which one's popping first? Which one of these is going to hit the ground first before we realize, damn, that's another thing that our system should be regulating, you know? And you're right. I feel like there's a lot of things between socialism and capitalism that works well. Um, Not to plug anything, but one of my favorite movies of this year so far, Judas and the Black Messiah, talks about these kind of things that you would need to work with navigating things like that. Um, and it brought some ideas about that. And I'm like, wow, that'll be some great ideas that we can implement to help with this BS that we have as a capitalist system. And like, to your point, I don't think any system is the right system. There's pros and cons to both. There's not a perfect system out there, in my personal opinion, that could basically fix everything. There's things that you can implement. And like you said, you need to put regulations on them, rules that says, hey, if something goes wrong, hold yourself accountable. Or, hey, you need to put yourself to this standard. And Texas has been, hey, I'm the independent country of the United States or the independent land of the United States since Texas was acquisitioned back in the mid 1800s, you know? And it's it's just like, when is it going to be a point where Texas or the the elected officials in Texas are going to have to realize, yes, we're the second biggest state in the country. Yes, we run our quote unquote own economy here. But at the same time, guys, when are we going to get to a point where our system could go, yes, we are fantastic at what we do, but also at the same time, we are actually caring about our residents, our constituents, and the people of the state of Texas. And I feel like, at least in my lifetime, from the last 27 years I've been here, I haven't really seen that, to be honest with you. And I want to see that. And I, I know maybe it's wishful thinking. And to your point, like, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying that he has any, like, Ted Cruz doesn't have any right to go to Cancun. Cute. He does. 
not when his constituents and his residents are literally dying. There's dozens of people who are dying and are suing Erica because of this. But you have an elected official who ran for your chair, calling people, aiding them, better work, literally doing everything in his power, who's not even an elected official now. Like, he's just a, a, civic, a civic person, civil person, and just doing his due diligence to help the citizens and residents of Texas. Why can you do that, Ted? Why, why are you doing a PR something with the Houston's fire, fire and police department after you got caught instead of helping your constituents, you know? And saying all that to say, I, I feel like we, we're, we're going to hit more bubbles. We're going to hit more bumps across the road. And until we actually have somebody who's going to hold them accountable. And I feel like coming up in 2022, we need to vote. We like, like what they're trying to do in Georgia, cutting down early voting and thing. I feel like in 2022, to show them that we aren't playing anymore and we are not at this point where we're just going to sit here and take it. I feel like that has to be the first thing to start, you know, and hopefully that changes. That's the first step. I'm not saying that's going to be the thing that changes everything, but that's the first step to start things off. And yeah. And it's, yeah. it's not surprising that Ted Cruz did what he did. He literally ran on a platform of individualism and, 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 you know, frankly, selfishness. That's literally what his platform amounted to, and it got him elected. So why would he change what he's what doing he when me? what he's been doing is what keeps him in office? And meanwhile, Beto O'Rourke, who's, let's, let's not act like he's some angel, but he no. ran on a platform of of togetherness and he bought that bore out over the week over the last week he did something that was more for the benefit of of everybody and ted cruz did something that was for the benefit of that's literally the platforms they ran on and so i like it's not you can't it's like with donald trump i hate to bring the trump word up when we're kind of trying to at least get past him but he told you exactly what he was gonna do so you can't be surprised that those are the things he did now, some people weren't surprised and they liked it and they were like, oh, this is and they voted for him again and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't get it, but at least they stay consistent. But these people who are like, I can't believe this is what you did. He told you what he was going to do, do and you put him in office. So he did that. Ted Cruz, same thing. He told you he was going to do he was going to feed the capitalist beast. And that's what he does. Uh, Greg Abbott. He told you that he was going to make Texas this rugged individual state that depends only on itself and is, uh, is, a, is a slave to the capitalist machine as much as possible. And that's what he's built. So you, know, you can't elect these officials and then, you know, be surprised that these are the things that they do. But we're so wrapped up in, oh, GOP, 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 oh, Democrat, 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 that we're not holding the individual elected official accountable, accountable. any longer. Yeah. And it's, it, there becomes this choice where it's like, well, I, I'm a Republican, so I got to vote for, G, for the GOP, or I'm a Democrat, so I got to vote for, for the Democrat. And, and it becomes this thing, well, I can't put a Democrat in office because then they'll have political power and all that kind of stuff. If the dude in power isn't serving you, you might as well go with the alternative. Whether you think that's, you know, whether you think that alternative is going to work out or not is it, it, a different problem for a different day. But as current, and, you know, we... One day, maybe I'll, I'll come back and we'll talk about, you know, election reform and a third party or something like that. But for now, the way that America works is it's a basically a two-party system. And so you have to make a choice. Abdicating that choice does no, doesn't mean that there wasn't a choice to make and that people too often right now are, are, are doing that because they think it's hopeless. Well, it's like, well, it is hopeless if you just leave the same dude who's been messing with you and is a slave to capitalism in, in place, you know? And so all this stuff kind of intertwines and ties together and, and goes into a pot of 
ridiculous stew. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it, it can be hard to untangle and to, to talk about. But I think one of the things that we – one of the through lines through this entire conversation is that money has run amok in the United States of America, and it's infected pretty much every piece of anything that is supposed to regulate our country. Um, for instance, me and you in the media. The media, when we first started off, journalism – was a thing that was devoid of money. And so that is how it, it's, that's how it was effective at speaking truth to power because all they could do, all that was required of them was to go cover elected officials to the best of their ability and report back um, <clears throat> and report back what was going on, you know, to the best of their ability unbiasedly. But now with the rise of, of, of cable news and the rise of debate shows, we've monetized the truth, right? Into where it's like, well, if I tell them this truth, they're not going to want to, you know, listen to Tune me all the time anymore. Yep. And they're not going to pay me money so that I can't give this to my advertiser and say, hey, look at how many viewers I watch. So we're going to give them this quote unquote truth instead, because that'll keep them happy and satiated and feed them and they'll keep coming back. And so we've, it's infected the media. It's affected government because people are a slave to uh, PACs and in groups that help them get elected instead of the individual people and constituents that they are elected to represent. Lobbyists and things of that nature. It's affected. It's affected politics. It's it's affected everything that we do to the point where even even the part that are supposed to be capitalists, like businesses, even they don't run exactly how they're supposed to because even they are too infected with big money. Because once you get a taste of that then you don't actually want to run your corporations to the best of your ability for humanity. You're trying to do it for the almighty bottom line. And so we have to fix some of this stuff. It's, it's infected every part of the United States and it's become a, it's become a very greedy society. And I don't think it's because people are, I don't think it's because all the people in charge are inherently evil. I just think they're all doing what the system is designed to do. And the system is leading them to a place that is, is terrible for people overall. And so we got to fix it um because it, it's bad it's bad all in pretty much every industry uh, right now whether that's real estate whether that's media whether that's um governance it, it's bad it's just bad in all of them because we're just we don't treat people with a with with an eye to humanity because we treat them with an eye to the dollar and that's where we are now um saying all that to say and i, I feel like we're we're gonna not roll in circles but i feel like we we have said everything we wanted to say. And I feel like one of my last leading remarks, and you can add on to it with a dick, is, you know, yes, we are, I, I feel like one of my favorite, one of my favorite things is to realize that as somebody who's grown up or seen his dad go and become into this machine or become this person that is ledged into the machine of capitalism and seeing that and watching that i feel like we have to have a change of tone with people and i agree with you on that i feel like we need to have people who are like yes we see this system but let's hold ourselves accountable hold ourselves to regulations and things of that nature and i guess my lead off away or my takeaway would be just understanding that it's not going to be an overnight fix but also at the same time something has to break something has to get over and break even at this point and to your point i I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be upset or frustrated as much as I am. Well, let, let me stop lying. Let me stop lying. Let me rephrase that. 
I'm going to be more adamant about certain things. And I feel like us as people need to start bringing up attention to more things. And like you said, I feel like now every aspect of our society now is about the capitalist, the green, the green, right? The dollar dollar bills at this point. And I feel like there now needs to be a point of looking in the mirror and saying, we've gone too far and we need to revert back. Again, I don't think it's going to be an overnight change. I don't think it's going to be something that's going to change in like a year or two, but to look in the mirror and say, you know what? I don't like what I'm seeing and trying to gear, take that back, reel it back in and try to start putting implements in places of things that can change our system and the way our society in America works, I think will be the right step in the right direction. Will that happen? I don't know. At least here in Texas, I don't see it happening for now, but I could be wrong and I want to be wrong. I absolutely want to be wrong. But at this, at this moment, like you said, I, I want the machine to be fixed to the right way it needs to be so we don't have to have these continuous, continuous issues continue to boil over. And we're like, well, there goes another system. Yeah, I think the main thing um, is that I, I, I want to take a small exception to the, one of the ways you phrased it. Um, I don't think this is what you meant by it, but I just I think it's actually kind of important to, to kind of harp on this a little bit because uh, you said to revert back. And I don't think we were ever in a place of in this country where it ran anywhere near where we would yes. want it to. Um, yes. So there's nothing to go back to. And I think that's something that we kind of get tied up in is this idea that, you know, we were once this great country and it's like, I want got people to know, like people think the system is broken and the system is broken from the standpoint of it was always broken. Like the system right. was broken from day one. The system is working exactly how it was designed to work. It's not broken in the sense, it's broken in the sense that it doesn't work the way that we want it to work, it to but not in the sense that it doesn't work the way it's intended to work. It's the system that we, the systems that we have in place right now are working exactly how they're supposed to work. They're supposed to filter money into the top elite ruling class of the country. That's how it was designed to work from the beginning. That's why there's slavery. That's why uh, the, the, that's why Wall Street runs the way that it runs. All these things are, are working exactly as intended. So it's, it's incumbent upon us to break the system the other way to where it's not no longer working the way that it's supposed to, but working for us the way that we need it to. Um, and so I think that point is, you know, and we're, we're not business majors, but I mean, it doesn't take a business major to understand that, you know, there's entirely too much um, big money filtering through the top elite of the country and not enough in the middle class and the lower class uh, of, of the country. Um, it's something we didn't even, you know, you, you touched on it briefly is the, the money that's in the prison system. Because even that is run, even crime and punishment is now run like a like a business, which is not what it's supposed to. It's not what is meant to, to happen, and so you see the dehumanization in in that system because of the being a slave to the dollar. Um, and so, like again, we don't want to run it roll in circles, but I, I think it's important to note because I don't think enough people think of it this way, and I want them to start. Um, I truly do. I want them to start thinking of it this way. This system isn't broken from the standpoint of it's not working like it's, in, it's not intended to do. It's working exactly how it's supposed to. It's just not meant to work for you. And so as soon as you realize that, you, we can all get to work on putting in a system in place that is intended to work for us. Um, but right now, the system is working exactly how it's supposed to. And uh, that's at your detriment. 
Exactly. And thank you for clearing that up. I appreciate that because that's, that's what I was saying. I don't think we ever had a system that did work for us. It was always destined or in my personal opinion, like you said, Derek, I think it was always set to only help few, not the many. And we need to get to a point where we look at it and say, you know what, let's actually work for the people that for the people instead of the few. So thank you for clearing that up for me, Derek. Um, with that in mind, I think that goes and wraps up everything. Um, the only thing is, is of course, there's a lot of things to talk about on this episode. I mean, more to talk about on topics, but I feel like we'll be here for three hours at that point, <laughs> which I don't think you or I have an issue with that, but you know, times, you know, and work. Yeah, I, I, I'll let you know right now, Julian, they're not going to listen to a three hour. I, we used to do the three hour <laughs> no. podcast on the weekend to take, and they don't listen to that like the whole time. So yeah, I'll, I'll save you that. I'll save you that life lesson uh, in case you were wondering if they would listen. Maybe Yo, if you I get know. popular, because the read does like, I don't know if you know the read. Yes, uh, I the do. Podcast, yeah, yes. they do long episodes and I love their long episodes and people listen to those, but we're not, we're not them. So we're not we can't, the read. We, we're not yeah, Joe we, Rogan. We can't yeah, do all we can't, that. Yeah, we we're can't do that yet. So they're not going to, yeah, they're not going to stick with us for the three hours. So yeah, let's go ahead and not do that you know i'd love to do it you know i'd love to do it but they're not gonna listen they ain't gonna listen to it so on that note Derek, thank you so much for coming on man i really appreciate it i again love the conversation love love the dialogue so i appreciate you always and always the plug moment if you have anything you have going on if you have any social media you want to bring up or if you want to talk about weekend in the podcast always the floor is yours (laughs) You know, well, yeah, I appreciate that. It's time to for me to be a slave to capitalism and and <laughs> and try to plug the uh, our growing podcast. Um, this week, we finally got the Super Bowl episode up. We did a live stream of the Super Bowl. Oh, um, I saw and, that. Yeah, yeah. And so we we finally I cut that into two parts. The first part went up today. Uh, the next part will be up on Friday. So check that out. We're starting to uh, change a little bit of things at the weekend to take. We're we're putting more content up on our youtube which again is just the weekend to take we're putting more content up on our instagram which is just the weekend to take um if you don't know how that is spelled that is w-e-e-k hyphen e-n-d-e-d uh take t-a-k-e um and soon we'll be changing the name but for right now everything is under that banner uh so check us out on that we're we're getting going on season two I had to reset my mind and all that kind of stuff. And we had some issues. And then of course this didn't help with the snow and all that stuff. So uh, we're finally kind of getting back rolling on uh, full cylinders and uh, we're heading, heading into season two. Season one was like 47 episodes long or something like that. Something crazy like that. Uh, So season two is underway. Episode two just dropped today. Episode three drops on Friday. And so, uh, you know, please uh, support if you can, uh, we're trying to grow it and get as many listeners on it as possible. So we can do some other things that I think will be really cool within the community uh, uh, of, you know, people who don't have as big of a voice as I would like them to have. We're trying to grow that side of the community. And so uh, your, your ears, (laughs) your ears onto our podcast help with that. And so uh, that's all all I will say. I appreciate the opportunity to plug the, uh, the podcast as always, my friend, I appreciate being on the show. You know, I love this show. Um, I try to, I try to listen to it as much as I can because you have, a ton of interesting people in your life who say interesting things. <laughs> yes. Apparently I might be one of them who knows, but uh, <laughs> that is all that is it for me for the, for this uh, appearance, you know, the three time, three time, three time, three time uh, Julian King Julian podcast appearance, uh, man, I am. And uh, that's it. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks again, Derek. I appreciate it. Now, everybody, please 
go support Weekend and Take. Um, I am an avid listener. I try to listen as often as I can. But yes, please go and listen to them. And again, thanks for everybody tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you.